Welcome back to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and in this episode, Pastor Andrew will be continuing the Q&A session from last week, allowing more people to ask their questions. After this episode, Pastor's Prophecy Hour is going to go on a bit of a hiatus for a couple weeks. After that, we'll be back with more Bible study, current events, and how it relates to biblical prophecy. But for now, let's get into this episode. Now we're going to move into our Q&A and pick it right back up where we left it last week. I got some people that have already told me they're queued up, they're ready, they got questions. Let's go. Ready? This is end times questions, revelation questions, and if you throw me a curveball, I'll try my best. What you got? I don't know if this is a dumb question or not, but... The New Jerusalem in Revelation 21, it's like all measured out and everything. Mm-hmm. What? What? Yes, put the, um, put the big thing on there. And then, so I did a study one time, and I'll do the best I can to capture that information on New Jerusalem. Did the whole thing on it. And basically, if you were to drop New Jerusalem onto the globe, it's as, it's a cube. So it's as high as it is the area, right? If you were to drop it onto the globe, it's around the size of half of the continental United States, area-wise. Now, that also goes up as well. So now, considering all of that, it kind of looks, you can pull up a graphic and it looks really weird to sit it on the globe. So, when you think of the 12 levels of New Jerusalem and you think of the throne, There is no need for the sun because the light comes from the sun, uh, Jesus. When you think of all of that, the levels as they measured are big enough to have their own sky. So basically, if we were to stand here and measure up to the sky, what we can see where the the firmament, where it kind of starts changing colors into space, each level of New Jerusalem is that type of height. So when you consider that size, we can be on level one and look up and not see the next level, and it'll have almost its own ecosystem or what have you. The Bible talks about how there's a river of life that flows in a tree that has 12 seasons, and it has 12 fruits that that bear on each season. But at the end of the day, New Jerusalem is so big, and I believe the numbers are that If you go back to the beginning of the Old Testament, right, the beginning of time, and you count the people of faith, and then you count the Christians and all those, you add all those people up, not only can they fit in New Jerusalem, but they each have about three or four square miles within New Jerusalem. So, all that being said, there's plenty of room for us to live there, and there's plenty of room for us to move around, and then, as I kind of jokingly said last week that we have a city home in New Jerusalem and a country home in heaven uh, because space is endless. So that's kind of the size and the scope of it. And I don't know, Wes, if you can Google New Jerusalem on the globe, that's a cool picture that if we can capture it, it would be really cool. To, it's the Visually, it's like just type in New Jerusalem on a globe and it, it pops right up. All right. Great question. Does that help at all? So if I had the, the measurements on me, I could tell you in detail, but this thing is big. There was some years ago, it was a long time ago, that they were looking into the, into the heavens, and 
they saw something floating. They couldn't describe it. They didn't know what it was. And, and us evangelicals got all excited because it's New Jerusalem floating down from heaven and it's supposed to be here in around 30 to 35 years. And we got excited. Well, that was 20, 25 years ago that it was discovered. And so I don't think we've seen it since. But the end of the day is the Bible does describe it as coming down from heaven. Now, we think of things in three dimensions. So we think coming down is it's coming down from heaven. It's like, but when it said, there you go, 1,500 miles tall. So if you've got uh, 12 levels, 1,500 miles, you're looking at miles and miles on each level. More than 150 miles, 170 miles each way, cube. So this is a monster thing. So much so, I think I read one thing that said it has the gravitational pull of the moon. And that's cool too. So if it does float near, the waves are going to be doing some wacky stuff. So I'm just saying. We'll know something's up there if, it, if we don't see it. Um, all right, N next question. Good. When um, Jesus said it rebuked Peter and said, this time is hitting, what did he really mean by that? Okay, so this is not an end times, but it is a kind of a theological question. Jesus, when Peter told Jesus, that he shouldn't talk about going to the cross. He said, get, get thee behind me, Satan, right? He pushed back against him. And he was not calling Peter Satan. He was addressing what Peter was saying. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like one of those things where the heart of Peter was not about what the kingdom of God was to accomplish. Peter was thinking about his own personal desires of not losing his best friend right? And Jesus, get thee behind me, Satan. Now imagine Peter went, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> but it was also one of those things. It was a truly rebuke. You used the word rebuke. It was a, hey, let's get it right. Get thee behind me, Satan. I know what I'm doing here. And uh, Peter perceived that, but it was one of those moments. So it wasn't, he wasn't calling Peter Satan and he wasn't saying Peter was, was uh, possessed either. Sometimes people say, oh, Peter must have been possessed by the devil. No, he was addressing what was said and in the way it was said that Peter was talking about his own desires, not the desires for the kingdom. That's, the, that's my take on it. Good, good question. We, we've talked about the giants before and we've touched on there being giants after the flood, mm -hmm. but I, I think I missed your answer, like how they get there after Right. So giants were the result of the sons of God having sexual relationships with the daughters of men. In other words, fallen angels figured out a way to reproduce with the daughters of with people. So it was a perversion of DNA. The perversion of DNA, and the Bible does say, and there were giants among men and also after, right? And you even look at David and you look at the um, not only the Nephilim, but the sons of Anak, and you see uh, Goliath who had these other brothers that David was going to go kill so you see the giants present so to answer your question the DNA was present with Noah so one of two things happened Noah was righteous right but somewhere between Adam and Noah the DNA was still flawed does that make sense however it could be completely possible that the sons of God came again right and so at the end of the day both are 
completely possible. I like to err on the side of it was a DNA that made its way through the flood. And uh, you guys know how they breed dogs? They find a dog that's shorter than other dogs, and then they put it with the other short dog, and now you have a short dog over and over and over again, right? So humanity, they're perverse. So, okay, you're big and tall. You're big and tall. There's DNA present there that let's put you guys together and make another big and tall, big and tall, big and tall, big and tall. Does that make sense? Which, by the way, did you know most of the royalty in Europe had a lot of birth defects because there was a whole lot of... (laughs) <laughs> to keep the bloodline pure, but what they were doing in essence is, is contaminating it because that wasn't how God wanted it. So does that answer your question? I think it was still present through the flood and then it just kind of became exaggerated on the other side. That's what I believe. Josh. Okay, so as assemblies of God, we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other theologies and churches that believe in post-tribulation rapture. What verses do we as a, as a um, denomination take comfort in that give us the hope of the pre-trib rapture? So there's two main ones. One is, and, and I don't have the, the text. Somebody could probably Google it and find it as fast as I can say it. We were not created for wrath, but also it's Second Thessalonians is the passage that talks about the being caught up. And what we find is the, the greatest argument is what the Assemblies of God believes is the imminency of the return of Christ. In other words, nothing has to happen before Jesus can rapture the church. Mid-trib and post-trib both have a problem with the timeline because now if it's a mid-trib, we are able to see things happen and the imminency of the return of Christ isn't imminent anymore. We can say, okay, it starts here, Antichrist reveal, peace treaty, blah, blah, blah. Does that make sense? And post-trib has even a harder problem because now it's really that three-and-a-half-year period. Okay, they broke the treaty, and all of this has happened. So you see the only doctrinal explanation that I can find, and the symbols of God has erred on this side or believes this, is that pre-trib is the best argument for the imminent return of Christ. And also... Jesus saying that no man knows the hour or the day is a pretty good argument that says if you know the hour and the day for mid-trib and post-trib, then it must be pre-trib. Does that make sense? Solid. (laughs) I love it. David. Do you believe, I guess I want to get your input on the recent development with the food? World Health Organization? Yes, the legislation that our president is putting forward uh, to essentially give uh, sovereign right. power right. to um, the WHO organization to right. control health epidemics. Right. Do you think that that, in combination with the rise of artificial intelligence, uh, is going to be the catalyst kind of for the, the appearance possibly of the antichrist? Right. So a couple of things. First, I'll do the World Health Organization one. And so this falls into that current events type of stuff. So first of all, I don't believe constitutionally that any president or Congress or anybody else can give any kind of authority officially to the World Health Organization. Kind of like the government couldn't make churches closed, but churches still closed, right? Um, And so one of the things is we really just need to know what the law actually is. But at the end of the day, if 90% of the nation is just following along with it, then... What is the 10% to do? 
right? So to answer your question on that one, yes, I believe at some point America's sovereignty has to come into jeopardy because according to what I believe is prophecy, America's just not there like it is now. So it's either weakened or it's in a place, put it, to put it to you this way, if somebody attacked Israel, what would happen? America would intervene. I mean, if there was a real attack on Israel, America would intervene. So one of the things of the end is Israel is under constant bombardment and attack, and God has to do it in such a way where no one can explain it any other way other than God's sovereignty and miraculous power protecting Israel, right? So America swooping in and protecting Israel, some would say, well, that is God protecting Israel. I don't think so. I feel like the greatest presence of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, on the earth today is in the United States. To follow up with your question, you guys have heard me talk about what is the thing that makes the Antichrist be revealed? The thing that makes the Antichrist really be revealed, remember the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the earth, but the Antichrist himself has not been revealed yet, contrary to whatever you think or whoever you think they are. <laughs> Wait a minute, I know who it is. No, you don't. You just think you might. Anyway, <laughs> gosh. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, I believe the rapture of the church is the very thing that makes it possible for a world leader to rise and just walk right into power. Because guess what? Christians aren't here. People that have discernment that say, something's not right about that. World Health Organization signing over sovereign rights, wait a second, right? If the church is gone and people of the spirit are gone and people of discernment are gone, there's nobody sitting there saying, wait a second, we don't want one world government, we don't want this type of thing, we want to keep our rights, we want to keep our freedom, there's nobody saying that, everybody's saying, hey, let's all be under the same power, because they're awesome, right, let's sign, sign me up for that, everything they're saying is what I want to do, did I answer that question, the world health thing, and then the other, the antichrist, okay, what else? Can you explain the first four trumpets, is that after the rapture, where the sea turns into blood, and a lot of people die, and how do people survive those seven years, and then how would that be? Right. So we talked about the trumpets. They're here. You see the rapture of the church in the center where it says the saints are caught up, and then you've got these trumpets, you've got these seals, you've got these vials, and they don't necessarily all happen, and this happens, and then that, and then that, and then that. However, the first four trumpets, which is the four horses, right? We talked about this idea. The four horses, the red horse, the black horse, the white horse, and the pale horse, the green horse, these four horses all bring something else that's bad. Um, I think the white horse is first, and that's the Antichrist, right? The one world government, the Antichrist. And then you've got the black, red, and, and pale green is the last one, the sickness. Um, your question is about the sea turning to blood. Here's my take on it. I believe the effects of the horsemen are already here. The infrastructure, because I believe that Jesus could come back at any time. So how could the Antichrist take control of a one-world government if there's not really a one-world government already there? Does that make sense? Or at least a system that you can flick a couple switches. For example, how we do money, cashless, we're, we're ready for that. How we can now be marked, whether it's digitally, spiritually, or otherwise, or medically, whatever the case may be. So the question is... 
How will people survive? Well, so many won't because the rapture occurs first and then the trumpets will be accelerated. So the white horse will really come to power. The, for example, the pale green horse that talks about disease. You guys have heard of monkeypox, right? Which, by the way, current events, what have I told you? Do not believe everything you see on the news. The pictures they're putting up there, you can find them from 10, 15 years ago. Same pictures. Okay? But don't go to bed saying, monkeypox, monkeypox. <laughs> the scariest movie I've ever seen to date is that one with that monkey. I can't remember what it was. It was Outbreak? Yes. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Monkeys just don't care. They're just biting everything. So the word monkey pox really cares. Chicken pox, ah, whatever. I said chicken. But monkey, oh, gosh. Anyway, I think I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> Sorry. How did I get off on that? <laughs> so I do not believe, and the Bible even talks about a fourth of the population dying and a third of the population dying. It talks about all these things. And so, yes, there will be a lot of death and I may be so bold to say this, that God is sovereign in all things, right? So would it be a stretch for me to say when the population is beginning to face judgment, that that fourth of the population are the ones that never would have turned their heart? Does that make sense? And we, we don't know. God only knows, right? So did that answer your question at all? Good, great. Because I'm more confused now than I, when I started. <laughs> I'm still thinking of this monkey. He's like, ah! Whew! <laughs> Next question. I've probably got time for about three more. So last week we were talking about people coming to the Lord during the tribulation. And then it made me think about how um, in Revelation 9 it talks about people wanting to die but they can't die. Mm -hmm. Are those everybody or would that just be the people that didn't give their heart to the Lord during that so those people are the ones that have been stung and they're trying to find death and it runs from them is the way that it kind of words it right it's the ones that have been stung from the scorpions that uh, were released from the pit and their master is a bad and that's that's the deaths right but then you have other people that are begging oh rocks fall on me so you have all kinds of people wanting to, in essence, have help committing suicide just to be out of the judgment. With the scorpion one, I believe it looks something like this. Okay, you're sick. We're going to put you in quarantine. And in quarantine, there's no ropes to hang yourself. You with me? There's no guns or no knives. or no. It's a padded room kind of thing. You're in this facility that the government has to keep you safe. So they want to die, but they can't. The other is, I think people are in a world that has, and this is going to sound really bad, really bad. But in a world that has no weapons, committing suicide is a challenge. That sounds terrible, right? But you no longer have knives, you no longer have weapons of any kind, guns or anything else, and you're in this controlled environment, this controlled society, and being watched on every corner to the point that I'm going to jump in front of a bus and the bus has an automatic stop that it won't hit me. 
oh, please hit me, bus, right? I feel like the society that, the, that this world will quickly move to is one that is so hyper-controlled that the only people that aren't living in these urban areas that is a very controlled area are the ones that are trying to avoid the beast, the government, and these are the ones that have found Christ and are trying just to make it to the end, right? Those are the ones that don't want to die, but the ones that do won't be able to find it. That's how I, that's how I feel it is. Because rocks just don't fall on people. I mean, I've heard of it, but please follow me. Anyway, what else? Great question. Talking about math and like, for those who don't take a mortgage, mm-hmm. you can't buy anything. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have food, but when you starve to death, and that way you won't survive. You could, you could, certainly you could. I feel like, I feel like many of those will die martyr's death, but I also feel like there will be some that that there will be some that make it through the tribulation. So I feel like, and, and again, I know I use these movies illustrations all the time, but I feel like there's this compound somewhere that they're living in wood, in, in barns and whatnot, and, and they're finding the stockpiles of all of the weird Christians that, that had warehouses full of food. Now, if you're one of those weird Christians, you're helping the, the people. So stockpile away. But at the end of the day, I'll be honest with you, by the time I need a stockpile, I believe Jesus is coming back. Are you with me? Now, I might be uncomfortable eating beans and rice for a little while, but by the time I need a stockpile, I believe Jesus is coming back. Now, at the end of the day, I think they will hide from the beast, the government. Beast is the government. They will hide from that government in highways, byways, woods, and in uh, country areas and probably figure out ways to live. Um, before society is what it was today, that's people, people just lived off the land, right? And so they'll be probably figuring out a way to live off the land. So yes, some will starve, but I do believe, I put it this way, I believe they'll be martyred before they starve. Because before they starve, they're going to be desperate enough to expose themselves and go into a place where they can be caught. Hey, you're not marked. Get in this line here, that kind of thing. Scary, but not for me. So um, we already know that Jesus Christ comes back in the end, and he prevails, he wins. Um, and Satan is still trying to you know, fight against that. Um, all the signs point to he's going to lose. Mm-hmm. He's got half the angels that Jesus does. Um, you know, all the prophecies have been written already and have come true. Right. So... In your estimation, why hasn't Satan given up? Yes. Why does he keep fighting? Because he hates us. Every soul that he can steal from God is another check on his box. It's kind of like you hear um, you hear crimes of passion. Well, I'm gonna if I can't have you, nobody can, right? So he's the deceiver. So every soul that he can rob. God of because God God's will in scripture is that all would be saved so everyone he can destroy win kill manipulate and get over here in hell with him right it's misery loves company kind of thing Uh, you're 
No, I've got as many in hell with me as I possibly can get. And each, and I know I'm going to lose, but I might as well take as many as I can with me on the way. It's terrible. It sh- but it shows you the evil of the enemy. So, great question. One more. Stump Pastor Andrew, like everybody's been doing already. <laughs> you guys like, normally this is confusing, but this is really confusing. All right. Oh, wait. No. Are you asking the pet question? <laughs> I do, I think, have a good answer for that because have you heard the song? I'm Miri, I'm going to give you tw- uh, time for your question. Um, have you heard the song, Only Scars in Heaven, that song? So Jesus in his glorified body, still has holes in his hands and his feet and in his side, right? So, I think, yes, we will have belly buttons. That's what I think, yep. All right, thanks for coming tonight. God bless you guys. (laughs) All right, go ahead, shoot. And then marriage supper of the Lamb exists, resurrection of the dead exists. What will we eat at the marriage supper of the Lamb? Um, lamb chops? <laughs> Do what? All the animals that died in the, in, in the, but the trumpets. The eat at, I, I think it would be like some kind of kosher meal, but at the end of the day, I'm hoping for some shellfish. To be honest with you, I don't know. Do you feel like is there a passage that that kind of lays out that meal? It's according to your tradition. Right. Is it braided bread? Because I like that. The tradition is you'll eat Leviathan and sit in a. Did, did you say Leviathan? You eat Leviathan? Yes. What's that? Sit in a booth made of Leviathan skin because death should overcome. Wait, we we eat crocodile? It's like a big dragon kind of thing. No way. I don't want to go. <laughs> you know how you go in a restaurant and they have the fancy line and then they have the burger line? I'm going to the burger line. I don't want Leviathan line. That's interesting, though. Interesting. Wow. Yep. Good question. Good question. So that we, we do believe that there are animals in heaven because the lion will lay with the lamb, and it talks about that. And um, that's the passage that kind of everybody goes, okay, there's animals in heaven. Um, So if those are animals in heaven and then there's other animals, to me, heaven is a restoration of God's original creation. It's a better than. Now, here's the question I have. Will the animals be on earth or will the animals be in heaven, right? Because creation here on earth had animals. I don't read of animals in heaven per se. That's the angelic realm and that's where the father and the throne and all that stuff is. But I do read it on earth. So I believe dinosaurs will be on earth in the new earth and in the new heaven, I think it's just people and angelic beings and stuff like that. That's my answer. Is that okay? Which by the way, I saw something. They said, I wish that our solar system had a name. Why does our, our solar system not have a name? Because you, you, you read about 
these different names. They found this new thing here, and they found this new thing there, and, and, and this star and that star, which, by the way, this is kind of cool, and you can take it or leave it. You may think it's stupid, but our solar system does have a name because the sun, the Latin is sol, right? So our system is solar, named after our sun. Pretty cool, right? And I think soul, Matt, you know the A-R, it means something else. Soul and then A-R in solar related to the sun. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So our solar system is literally named solar system. That's why when you hear these people talking about galaxies, they don't call them solar systems. Ours is named solar system. But we've heard it called the Milky Way. Um, it's actually solar system. All right, ready? Lord, unconfuse us. Send us out. Help us have a great week. Let your favor be with us, Lord, and help us to be light in the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you'd like to hear more from Greater Life Church, including our Sunday morning services, go to our website, greaterlife.church.